welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress. Hallelujah. Wow. I did not see that coming. God has been great, just great in my life. He's been awesome in my life, and I thank him for this opportunity. Back in December 2021, pastor called me, and I was in Arizona visiting my son, and she said, the word, God said you had a word for me. He had a word for his people on Mother's Day, and I said, hmm. Really? (laughs) Um, She had asked me about four years ago. And I said, hmm. I uh, guess another four years later, she decided to ask again. And I said, yes, he does have a word. I chose the scripture of Jeremiah 29 and 11 because it gives such hope to my spirit. I chose Romans 12, 12 because it is the epitome of a hope and a prayer. And I chose Romans 15, 13 because it's another reinforcement of hope. But I also had a song about a mother who had hope. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would someday walk on water? Mary, did you know your baby boy would save our sons and daughters. Did you know your baby boy has come to make us new? And this child that you delivered would soon deliver you. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will give sight to a blind man? Mary, did you know your baby boy would calm the storm with his hand? Did you know your baby boy has walked where angels trod and when you kiss your little baby you've kissed the face of god oh mary did you know Did you know 
Great expectations, great hope. I remember the first time I heard that song, the very first time I heard that song, it brought me to my knees. I was praising God and I kept saying, oh my God, oh my God, Mary, Mary. It's the gospel and it's the truth and the truth will set you free. It set something free in my heart to know that he's the great I am. I tried to imagine for a second what Mary must have felt like when she first found out that she was carrying the Messiah. That's unimaginable. But in her humanness as a woman, I felt like, oh, she had great faith. But I imagine she still had questions. I imagine prior to the angel of the Lord appearing to Joseph, he had questions too. He uh, even considered secretly divorcing Mary to save her from the death of stoning for adultery because no one was going to believe that a virgin was pregnant. Anxiety, doubt, fear, an emotional roller coaster for them, I'm sure, at that time. I painted a picture in my mind of the time they also spent hiding from Herod, who wanted to kill the baby. And then I envisioned how the Holy Spirit guided the wise men that essentially was another component of God's protection for Mary and Joseph and Jesus. Great hope, great faith. The entire story of Jesus is the greatest story ever told. Unimaginable because God had a plan. God had a plan. But when we think of our expecting our first child, our third child, whichever one in line it might be, each is a new beginning, a new beginning of hope. While there may be some commonalities between your children, each child is different, and each child brings about a new experience. Whether you're planning or not planning it, adopting, fostering, or even babysitting, you got questions. 
It could be as simple as, will it be a boy or will it be a girl? Will it look like me or will it look like him? Or what will we name him or her? As for what it might look like in your life, only you can write that story. But bringing a new life into this world is huge, prolific, one of the greatest things you will ever do. But it's certain that your life will never be the same again. When a woman finds out she's carrying a baby, often early in the morning, there's sickness. Later, weight gain, feet swollen, and if you were anything like me, your nose filled out across your face a little fuller, back aches on occasion, and Braxton Hicks pains, tiredness, and the list goes on. And as you get closer to the due date, you just want it over. Sometimes there are health issues and you have more questions. If you go past your due date, the question is when? And if it's a little bit early, you go now? With each question you might have of God, he has a plan. Even before conception, he knows. Did you know he's not surprised? Thinking back as a child, I knew my parents loved me. They were great providers, solid providers, loving, affectionate, protective, always took us on great vacations in the summer and all that. I had everything I needed and just about everything I wanted. Both my mom and my dad often worked two jobs and at Christmas and Easter and holidays and before school, my mom would go to the department stores that had layaway. Places like Atlantic Mills, Two Guys, Corvettes, and y'all don't, don't know nothing about that. <laughs> but I was never disappointed. But when it came to discipline, I didn't see the love. As a kid, it just didn't look like love to me. That was happening. I mean, how can you tell me you would do this because you love me? I thought they were like Dr. Jekyll and Mrs. Hyde. Oh, man. As a child, I couldn't wrap my mind around that concept. And taking away my privileges seemed more like a power play than a disciplinary thing. I just didn't get it, and then I became a parent. When Samantha was born, I was a young mother of 19, clueless, totally clueless. I had no idea. And I remember finding out in 1982 that I was having twins. But the sonographer said that there were two in there. Big Sam kept saying, huh? He asked her three times, and each time he was shaking his head. There were at least two, sir, in there, she said, and one is hiding behind the other. But we got him. And he said, are you really sure? And he started looking around the room like maybe he could find somebody else that would give him a different answer. <laughs> and finally, the technician just tossed the black and gray photos in his lap and pointed the details out to him, and he finally just said, okay. But he was staring at those pictures for a long time and he would pick them up and lay them down and pick them up and lay them down. And me, I had a sense of unexplained peace actually, like something big, big was about to happen. <laughs> I was somewhere in awesome wonder and I said, me having twins? My God, really? Good Lord, what's my mom and daddy gonna say? But God had a plan. I was in no way at the level of faith that I was at 19, and my faith grew greater as the twins came about. 
or even at the level of trust and faith I am today for that matter. Obviously, or hopefully, we grow in faith and wiser. In the journey, I may never have said it out loud, but I felt like God was preparing me for some things, just what I really didn't know. But with greater faith comes greater trials. Without trials, we cannot develop to maturity or wholeness with the Lord. Quite honestly, uh, I wasn't the one who planned very well, but I'm not a fly by the seat of your pants kind of person either. I thought out what I wanted, I got a decent education, got married, secured jobs in my career, and yeah, that was the extent of my plans, but God was truly faithful on the journey. It was all God. He had a plan. From my first child to the last two, I had no doubt they were a gift from God. It was God's choice to bring Samantha, Samuel, and Seamus Herbert, and it was all for his glory. I look back and I appreciate the mighty blessings that God allowed me to parent them, but in all honesty, I can't pretend that I did it alone. We had a village. They had grandparents, aunties, uncles, and there was always a family member waiting in the bush to babysit and take them on trips with them and simply lavish on them like they were their own. They had cousins like Cora, Lucretta, Cassandra, who loved them to pieces and readily, was readily available whenever I asked to just look after them. They also saved me, those beautiful McCoy girls saved me from having my child, Samantha, walk out the house with her hair all over her head, because they were some Braden sisters. And I know Samantha was grateful for that. I love them for that and so much more. And there was Auntie Shannon, more like a sister to Samantha, since they're only seven months apart, who my dad and mom took with Samantha and Shannon together everywhere, even on vacations and amusement parks. And when Sam and Seamus wanted to go and tag along, they were always like, why they gotta go too? Can't we just be, with, can't we just be the girls and hang out with mom and dad? As my children grew, I saw traits unfolding in varying temperaments too. As teenagers, things that could become character issues, outside influences that compromised our principles as parents. There was a season of challenges academically, dating and stuff like that, but we kept them busy. I mean, real busy, real busy to keep them out of trouble. All three were exceptionally talented in sports. Samantha was a state champion in track and field in New Jersey. Sam and Seamus played all the sports from soccer, best baseball, basketball, and eventually went on to play college football. Those questionable moments and challenges that curtailed the bent in them seemed to have rounded out. God had a plan. If those youthful temperaments and high energy and wild traits were, not, were left unbridled without some tough love and discipline, the kind like my mama and daddy gave me, that Dr. and Jekyll and Mrs. Hyde would come out, there would be a potential for destroying the, their lives and future generations. The consequences for generations are insurmountable. I mean, I think about if you don't train them up, then the law will, and that's not exactly training. That's not what they got in mind. Because even right now, there are great minds in our incarcerated uh, situations, and I've learned that there are generations of families in correctional institutions. So that's what I mean by destroy future generations. Because we have engineers, 
entrepreneurs, physicians, counselors, life coaches that are currently in our penal system. But let's be clear, not all are because they did something deserving to be there. When I speak of the process and the journey of raising sons, I want to tell you, it wasn't a walk in the park. Yes, they were basically good kids, but no matter how great a parent you think you might be, you aren't with them 100% of the time. There are elements and influences in the waiting, just an internet access or a keystroke away, trying to steal your child's heart and mind. While the internet and social media wasn't as pervasive when we were raising our children, street gangs and drugs were a big threat to our community. Some of these things and it just really started to come out of the woodwork, or not exactly out of the woodwork, in our suburban community. And I didn't know just how bad it was until my sons told me years later. But did you know God had a plan? At 37 years old, my husband passed away. No warning, and I had no sight line. Sam and Seamus were 12 years old. Samantha was 17, graduating from high school, as you heard her say that very month, and she was headed off to college in the fall. It was the most challenging times of our lives. What plans I thought I had disappeared. I felt like the bottom had fell out under me. The man I fell in love with at 17 years old and the father of my three babies, the provider of our home and the giant of a man who loved his family was gone. All I could say was, what now, Lord? Literally, that was my prayer, because I just didn't have the words nor the strength to say anything more. But God heard my prayer. He heard what now, and that was enough for him. In spite of the pain and the sorrow and what I felt to be a devastating loss, God had a plan. In my mind, I knew that God had predestined me to be these children's mother. Even if their season for an earthly father had gone, it wasn't over for us. At this point of the journey, more than ever, I was being used by God. I was being used as, the transform, as a transformer in the process of their faith and their journey. But how? What I thought was isn't. Who I counted on to be with me to do this is no longer. I remember at some point God reminding me of what he said in James 1.5. If you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to everyone liberally, without reproach, and it will be given to him. I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed. And in one of those prayers, I remember my sentiments were basically, Lord, just, just take my heart, take my hands, take my voice, and use me to parent my children. In the journey, I asked for the wisdom, and he provided. Now, now don't get me wrong. Um, I made some mistakes as a parent along the way. But there were situations where God taught me how to nurture their crazy curiosity, their creativity, and their passion. And there were also times when I would mumble, Lord, I think you gave them the wrong mama. And there were times where I said, I think you gave me the wrong kids. And of course, that wasn't my wisdom speaking. I was just tired, y'all. <laughs> Some of my mommy failures in life have brought, were brought from tears to laughter. Trust me, they have been. But be encouraged. Be of Jesus' hope. Not the kind of hope, well, well, I hope so. 
with a kind of hope locked deep within, that blessed assurance kind of hope that the men just sung, that expectation of no matter what the situation, it's going to be all right. Hoping for me didn't mean I ignored the realities. It just meant that I acknowledged the reality in the very same breath that I acknowledged God's sovereignty. God had a plan. Lisa Turker says, our hope is not tied to our expectations finally being met in a way that we have or in our timing. Our hope is not tied to whether or not our circumstance or another person changes. Our hope is tied to the unchanging promise of God. As believers trusting in God's plan, we hope for the good we know God will ultimately bring, whether the good turns out to match our desires or not. I realize with every generation, there is a new set of challenges for parents of the age. Today's parents have to deal with or compete with outside sources such as social media, influences of hardcore ideology, peer pressure, bullying, and at the level of epic anxiety for some children who consider suicide. Changes are inevitable. The world is doing just what it does, going after the heart and minds of our children. I've said it time and time again. Truth be told, as the world gets bigger, the changes and the challenges become bigger. But did you know God never changes? He's the same today as he was yesterday. God has a plan. Our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' love and righteousness. On Christ the solid rock, we must stand. All other ground is sinking sand. So to the mamas, the mothers, the aunties, the daddies who are mamas, I read Romans 15, 13. Pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy, peace, because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. So the power of the Holy Spirit gives you hope not like you think hope should be, not with doubt or wavering, but a spiritual, a spiritual, overwhelming spiritual presence of hope. Trust him in the process. God has a plan. As Jeremiah 29, 11 says, plans to give you hope and a future. Make that your everyday supernatural uniform. Wear that thing like a uniform. Hope, because God has a plan. Happy Mother's Day. If you are ready to give your life to Jesus Christ, we invite you to pray this prayer with us. And it says, Dear Lord, I admit that I am a sinner and there is nothing that I can do to save myself. I ask for your forgiveness. And you can do this if you are streaming. At this moment, I believe you alone are the one who bore my sins when you died on the cross and rose from the dead. Today, I turn from my sinful life and invite you into my heart. I will trust you and follow you all 
of the days of my life. Thank you for saving me and hearing my prayer. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. It is our prayer that this message will enlighten and empower you to do the will of God. If you have a prayer request or praise report or would like additional information on Pleasant Grove Church or other recorded messages, come visit us in person or write to us at Pleasant Grove Church, Post Office Box 3603, Cary, North Carolina, 27519. Or call us at 919-363-5198. Or visit us on the web at www.pgc-carry.org. Thank you again.